0: Alright, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Sports Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb and normally with me is Craig, but yet again, uh, Craig is going to be sitting this episode out. He is still in recovery from his shoulder surgery. He's doing alright, not a lot of conversation going on because uh, he's really restricted in what he's doing and he's just trying to heal up uh, from his surgery, but... He's hanging in there, and I'm hoping that he will be back with us here very soon. But uh, something that I have been kind of overlooking since uh, it's been a busy time with me with work and then the different things going on with Craig not being here, I've looked uh, overlooked caption of the week competition, and so actually I we go what seems like way back. Our last uh captioned week competition image was actually from the Rutgers game with Chris Ash with a very depressing look on his face, and the score at that time was only seventy to zero. And uh so I we've got the winner for that and uh I apologize that this is long overdue, but uh the winner for that oh, you know, with this new sound stuff you would think that I was on top of it, but I'm not all the time because I'm still trying to learn it, but get a little drum roll going. And so our winner for this week is Angel Vargas on our Facebook group, The Blue Network, Everything Michigan Football. She sent in her caption of, hopefully these 200 recruits realize they can start immediately. And that just adds insult to injury because, man, man, they made such a big deal out of Michigan coming to Rutgers. They hyped it up and they had all those recruits there. And it's not that you lost, but they didn't even perform. And so that was a great caption there from angel. I appreciate that. You're going to be going into the drawing here at the end of the season for a prize package deal. Um, And just, uh, Man, the insult to injury. I I went through reading them. A lot of great ones there. Uh, That was the selected winner for this past week. There will be a new image coming out, uh, so be looking around for that. That will be coming out here usually early in the week, and then we close submissions uh, by Friday night at midnight. So uh, here in the introduction part of the episode, actually, I will um, just really honestly a very different – game day experience for me i i went down i had uh plans to meet up with some people outside the stadium maybe meet some of them inside the stadium if i was going to get in there i uh, not going to really kind of go into everything on exactly how how this happened but i really got the unique experience of being able to get a uh, a specific pass that allowed me to i went down the tunnel i got onto the field i saw some of the uh Uh, pre-game warm-ups was right there got some pictures and videos they'll probably be up on Twitter and then uh, also the Facebook group and uh, I was down there I was actually right in the middle of an area where some recruits were so I saw um, some people there Uh, I mean obviously uh, walking to the seating there was uh, Hank Aaron uh, the baseball great that was the honorary captain. He was uh, sitting there again, ready to take the field. Uh, but just met a ton of different people. Some people who knew about the show. Some people that I uh, did some little networking with and talked to him about about the show and everything. Uh, so I'm mean, gonna mention. I'm just gonna kind of mention some things that happened that day. Um, Robert seemed like a really awesome, great guy. Just really kind of a random thing. I was standing there by the entrance to the tunnel, and uh, I just. I, I didn't realize, I guess I never realized it, but on the uh, name badges for people working in the stadium, it actually says where they're from. And uh, he was from uh, where I'm from, Bay City. And so I started chatting with him a little bit. Uh, he knew exactly uh, what street I was, wh- when I explained to him where I was living, what sc- near what school and everything. He knew the street that I was living on and everything. And we chatted for a little bit. So I don't know if Ro- uh, Robert's listening to the show, but if he is, a little shout out to Robert working there at the stadium. Uh, great time meeting him. Actually ran into, uh, if you're a part of the Facebook group, you'll definitely have seen uh, this guy's face around every once in a while. Is uh Dominic from Ohio. Uh, ran into him in person just outside the tunnel as well. Uh, chatted with him for a little bit. And uh, a few guys from long distance. Uh, i actually been talking with them for a little while. Mike was from Phoenix and John was from Dallas. They were uh, Mike was talking to me, telling me that he was coming in for the homecoming weekend. Uh, They went to the hockey game, too. I mean, they made a whole event uh, from it, but just was able to meet with him. Great listener, great fans. Uh, So awesome catching up with them. I've got some photos with uh, some of these people here that I'm mentioning. So, uh, yeah, they're up on Facebook already, and they're going to be going on other social media, the website, and as well as uh, Twitter. So great meeting up with them. Also, longtime listener Drew and uh, his son Dwayne were at the game. And so I was able to catch up with them and say, hey, meet them face-to-face. Uh, they've been longtime listeners, and uh, I've given a shout-out to Dwayne before. Uh, great having them there and meeting them face-to-face. Um, but then I was also able to meet uh, some of the photographers. Uh, I mean, I've connected with some of these people on social media, and I talked to them a little bit. I've met uh, Eric Upchurch uh, in person uh, before, but if you don't follow him, he's on Twitter. Um Forgetting that his Twitter handle right offhand, but if you want to see some great photos from the game, uh, from the games, Eric Upchurch uh, on social media, you can find his stuff. Uh, I also chatted a little bit with uh, Dustin Johnston. He's a great photographer too. I mean, we were just uh, right behind the end zone and he was uh, nice enough to chat with me for a little bit. Great catching up with him and uh, hopefully be seeing him around at any more of the games that I'm going to. But also a longtime friend of mine that I knew was taking... uh, pictures at the games uh barry rankin and uh he was a photographer back in the day uh, when bo was coaching and i mentioned him a couple times on the episode um and i've invited him to during the off season just because during the regular season it's so busy for us uh during the off season getting on with uh craig and i and just talking about some of the stories from when he uh, i mean he knew bo uh and he knew some other people too taking pictures of a lot of people bob Ufer and things like that um and he is actually, he's been recently doing some stuff with a Michigan Documentary, uh, his involvement with that. I won't go into really what it's about. I don't know if it's public knowledge or anything, but he's he's just got some great stories, and I hope that he has the opportunity to uh, share some of them. But yeah, like I said, just where I was, I mean, just awesome experience, one of the best experiences, if not the best I've ever had at a game, uh, where I was sitting, um, I I didn't get some people's names, and I was really kind of uh, bummed that I didn't. But there was a a really nice uh, alumni sitting next to me, and she was talking to me about uh, what she does. And she was in uh, school in the 90s, and so she was able to see some of those uh, great games and the atmosphere back uh, when Michigan football was at some of its greatest. And then uh, there were some actual uh, Michigan students sitting near me as well uh, who were helping work some things with the game. So it was just great being able to chat with a ton of different people. Uh, not too far away was the, uh, one of the Sklar brothers. I don't know them that well. I know celebrities, but I can't pick them that well, especially when they're, um, twins like that. I believe it was Randy. Um, but then, uh, not too, not too far from me was an aisle. And, uh, Big Sean was – a lot of different people were going up there. Uh, Dave Abloff, who works with the university, was there. Big Sean was there. And then, of course, Devin Funches, which I'll mention him a little bit more later. Uh, but saw some some of the recruits. Uh Kai Leon Herbert, uh, who was there. He was sitting uh, not too far away. Donovan Jeter, uh, shout-out with that. New Michigan commit right there. Awesome to have him on board. Uh, he had uh, – I saw some quotes from him. He had some great stuff to talk about with uh coach Harbaugh, and that's awesome to uh have him uh another defensive tackle to add to the class um actually and then uh un- unknown to me i mean i was i'm I'm not the best if i i don't like uh um, names and faces sometimes i mean like current players yeah recruits is something that I'm trying to get uh better with and everything but i, I there was somebody else that I saw sitting close by and looked familiar, couldn't figure it out. Um, actually, it was Clay Williams. Uh, if anybody's on Twitter or social media, you've probably seen some of his uh, photo edits and things like that. Because um, then I saw somebody who took pictures afterwards, and they had uh, who they were. And so, yeah, uh, Clay Williams. I mean, if I had realized that was him, I probably would have said, hey, and that I think he does uh, some really great work. But he was like, I think it was just like two seats down for me. Um, but then... Uh, just great experience, great seeing the game, great spot to be able to watch the game and everything. Uh, the past that I had, I was able to go um, and see the Champions Lounge where some of the recruits are after the game and everything. Uh, saw and didn't speak with, uh, well, I, uh introduced myself to Coach Bam. Uh, he knows Rashawn and things like that, and so uh, it was cool seeing him. But there was Coach Bush, Wheatley, Madison was there. Uh, but kind of a funny story to kind of end this whole intro out here. I know it's kind of dragging on a little long, but on my way, because leaving also was um, out the tunnel, and as I was leaving, a uh, bunch of trucks were backed up to the to the tunnel entrance, and they were going to be loading, unloading different things. And so I went around one of them just to try to find my way out to the to the gate and everything, and I almost physically walked into Devin Funchess because he was right around the corner of the truck and uh, it kind of caught me off guard and everything. And I was it kind of inside. I was like, oh my God, it's Kevin, Devin Funchess. But I, I I didn't, one of my friends, I was chatting with somebody afterwards and they're like, dude, did you get a picture? Did you say anything? And uh, I don't know. I mean, just kind of being caught in the moment and everything, I didn't have anything uh, come to mind to say. And I didn't feel like being one of those uh, people to bug him for a picture and everything. I will say, I mean, I was a little surprised. I'm not a small guy and by any means, but I always thought he looked uh, a little bit bigger. And, I mean, I know that he's huge and that he's ripped and that he could easily break me in two. But um, just as from uh stature point, uh, I think he's only maybe an inch or two taller than I am. Uh, but that was a little surprising. Uh, and then somebody somebody mentioned to me that it would have been a really funny thing to uh, – I don't have him on any of my fantasy teams, but just to give him crap or and make something up, kind of like something you'd see in the Lee TV show and just be like, dude, you screwed me two weeks ago on fantasy football. You didn't give me enough points. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, honestly, awesome experience. I Even though seeing all of those uh, celebrities and players and everything like that, uh, one of the coolest parts, uh, and really probably the coolest part was just uh, this was one of the weeks uh of being at a home game of meeting a ton of fans uh, a ton of listeners and it was really great uh just uh being able to say hi and talk michigan football for a little bit in person with some people i wish i had um it worked out maybe i've been able to park closer and maybe set up things for maybe recording some uh fan feedback uh one of those fan talk uh segments and everything but just didn't work out this week being uh that craig didn't make it uh wasn't really able to organize everything together, but really great game, uh, which I definitely want to get into talking about. Um, but before, uh, before I transition here into that, I do want to put the plug in again for the Facebook group, the blue network, everything, Michigan football growing. I mean, we're in the thousands, uh, great group sharing a bunch of stuff, just a really cool group to be a part of. Of, I mean, it's a closed group. If you uh, ask to be a part of it, you can easily find it on Facebook. Probably within minutes, you'll be uh, let into the group uh, and just a lot of great stuff there. If you want to be on the uh, up and up, if you want to know exactly what's going on with the Blue Network shows and just uh, different things like that. At different times, there have even been a ticket, a couple tickets given away. I know that. If, if you want to stay up on those kind of things, uh, be a part of the Facebook group. That's where all of it is going down, where you can definitely find it. I mean, we've got our websites too, but Facebook, uh, Facebook group is a great place to be a part of that as well. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and transition here, and we will go ahead and uh, start talking about the game. All right well uh quite the game that's for sure it was uh it was a fun one to watch actually i will be honest i was um i, I was a little heartbroken when illinois scored it was it was a little disappointing i mean i don't think the uh the team um uh, it happened, but I don't know if you would necessarily say it was deserved to happen i think that the defense did a great job and it just kind of Broke down in an unfortunate set of circumstances, but they, uh, Michigan took care of business. I was predicting a 51 to 0 win. Uh, final score wound up being 41 to 8. Uh, Michigan still remaining undefeated and, uh, ble- beautiful day for game, uh, in Ann Arbor. It was great. It got a little bit chilly, but just a really nice day for the game, which, uh, created opportunity then for, um, the passing game to be experimented with because we've talked about how um, Spate uh, uh, with bad weather conditions didn't have a lot of opportunity in some uh, most recent previous games before the bye week. But, uh, but I will go into uh, some stats here and start breaking a few things down. Uh, total yards, I mean, Michigan really dominating on all fronts Per usual, Uh, Michigan 561 total yards, Illinois with 172 total yards. Um, We had the locker dump it of if Illinois would get more than 10 first downs, and Michigan got 29, uh, 15 were rushing, 12 were passing, and then two came by penalty. And Illinois only had six, five of which they earned. Uh, Rushing and passing, and then one was penalty. So um, that was what uh, Craig and I actually locked that in that they were not going to break 10 total first downs, and the defense took care of business once again. uh, I mean, they had Illinois had zero passing yards for, oh man, a majority of the first half, maybe even into the second half. uh, I didn't get that stat down, but they just were. Lights out in the passing game defensively. Um, But for third down conversions, uh, Michigan was sitting at 50%. They went 7 for 14. Illinois was 2 for 10. Uh, Here's some interesting things here. Uh, Like we said, uh, the rushing game has steadily been getting better and better, and it's just been great to see. Honestly, kind of something interesting that I thought I noticed. Um, I wouldn't really necessarily say that this is exactly how it was going, but it was almost. I was when I was looking at the scoreboard and watching it, it was as if the Michigan coaching staff was continually trying to keep the yards balanced between passing and rushing. Like, you would see 160 yards rushing, 170 yards passing, then all of a sudden one of them would start getting higher, and uh, then they would start rushing more, passing more, and it would kind of like balance out. It, it was just very. Very interesting to see how uh, balanced the team was, which was great to see uh, the passing game being able to uh, step up in this game and have a better opportunity to get some practice in there for uh, Spate and the receivers. So uh, Michigan had 270 rushing yards. Uh, Hayden led the uh, rushing arsenal, as we like to call it. Uh, He had 106 yards, uh, one touchdown. Smith had 86 and a touchdown. Isaac had 38, McDoom uh, only 23, surprisingly enough, with how uh, well he played in the game. But then uh, the other rushing touchdown came from Hill, who only had four rushing yards, but he had one touchdown. The longest rush was by Higdon, which was 45 yards. Um, So three total touchdowns there uh, by the uh, running back core. And then Illinois only had a total of 77 rushing yards, and over half of it came on their longest rush of 45 yards by Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, which if you remember from watching the game, that was the one that uh, they were moving right to left down the field, and uh, he broke out along the uh, top sideline. And actually, I remember watching that, and I it, it was kind of interesting to see it live Because I don't know if, uh, and and I'm not like coming out to say that he wasn't playing 100%, but Peppers was the one who wound up uh, knocking him out of bounds. And I remember watching him uh, kind of in the middle of the field, and he was running to the sideline, and there were some Michigan guys by Vaughn, and it looked like somebody might get him, but then he uh, burst out fast enough and got ahead of them. And then Peppers like hit another level of speed, and so it was just kind of like, okay, was that one of those things where it was just uh, instinct and he kind of got that adrenaline going and he was able to take it up a notch, or was he was he kind of anticipating that he wasn't going to have to and somebody else was uh, knocking him out of bounds? I don't know. That that was just something that I noticed there with that, that play. But, yeah, I mean, really, Michigan defense shutting things down uh, with the Illinois rushing there, uh, mainly uh, just that one play, that gave them all those rushing yards. And then um our Wolverine uh running backs just really having their way on the field that day. Uh the blocking getting better. Uh, great uh great holes created, uh great patience by some of our running backs. Uh I mean them doing what they're they do best. Uh Smith knocking people down and plowing them over. Him doing better with vision and patience though on some of these things allowing i I've, uh we i've said it before but between last year and this year allowing the play to um progress to uh for the blockers to get where they need to and block and create the holes i mean there were you can see more of that this year than last year with smith just a great job there um into receiving yards um here you'll see this this is quite entertaining for me uh to see and so uh you stick with this here for a second. Uh, Michigan had 291 passing yards. so really they again really even 270 rushing 291 receiving. Uh, Darbo had uh, the most uh, almost broke 199 receiving yards uh, on five receptions. Chesson had uh, 44 on three receptions. Uh, Butt was right behind him with 40 yards with three receptions. Wheatley Jr. Uh, getting himself a touchdown, two receptions for 27 yards and the longest reception, 33 yards went to McDoom. And that was, uh, that was on a swing pass and that was uh, really all him with his uh, speed and his uh, great moves there in the open field. But um, something to mention, and uh, you'll see where this is going in a second, 11 different receivers for Michigan caught passes uh, and then two receiving touchdowns, Illinois only put up 95 uh, receiving yards. And the long was 43. So not more than half, but nearly half of the total. And that was uh, Malik Turner mentioned his name in the preview episode. Uh, But then there was only one other Illinois receiver that caught passes. Only two receivers for the fighting Illini had receptions. Uh, The quarterback... Went four for 15. So I think it was two receptions for Turner and two receptions for, uh, I forgot to write down the other receiver's name. But that is uh, crazy. I I don't remember looking at the um, Rutgers game and remembering how many receivers that they had uh, actually active in the game with receptions. But they had the one touchdown Um, that was the reception touchdown. And so actually, um, I had this down to mention later, but I'll go ahead and mention here, they were zero for zero for red. They did not even get into the red zone because of that pass play. It was far enough. It was outside the red zone. So they got the touchdown, but they didn't get a red zone conversion. So, uh, I mean, Michigan outside of that kind of freak set of circumstances, um, if, if you recall from the game, they went to do the fake punt, what it looked like was supposed to be the fake punt and it just collapsed and everything. And it wound up giving Illinois great field position. Then right after that, they threw that pass down, uh, down the sideline to the end zone. And, uh, from where I was sitting, I thought our defender was going to be able to get an opportunity maybe for an interception, but just kind of that angle, that perspective can be, uh. A little bit tricky from being that close to the field, and uh, he missed it, and the receiver just went in for the touchdown. So, really, another kind of one of those things where very uh, similar to the Wisconsin game, if that it wasn't a it was a well, it was a turnover on downs. Um, if that had not happened in that set of circumstances, we would have been looking at shutout um, for the game, and it was very unfortunate that happened because the defense really earned uh, that shutout. I mean, it really uh really too bad for that and uh I know that uh the fans always look forward to trying to see things uh come like that through for uh our number one defense in the country with the uh, Michigan Wolverines but uh so I went through the uh receptions there for Illinois then talking about the uh quarterbacks uh it, I did not Get the opportunity, and I apologize. And when when I don't think things are up to par, I'll I'll step up. I'll admit it. And uh, last week, I did not feel like I was as prepared as I have been for some of the previous preview episodes. The work week had been rather um, insane for me. I was actually uh, there was the actual chance that I'd be working through the weekend, and I wouldn't have even made it to. Uh, the homecoming game and then Craig is usually the awesome counterpart where he will uh, do a good job doing research as well and so if uh, there's something that I'm missing he usually has him we we have a good job going back and forth and everything um, but yeah they're they're I was not completely happy uh, happy with all the information that I had uh, for the preview episode so uh, I'm gonna be better with that moving forward and I think you can anticipate that with uh how well Craig and I have done uh previously but we'll be moving forward with that. And uh so I had not seen Illinois do anything with uh Vaughn Bean and the Wildcat before. I'd wa- I was able to watch a decent amount of film with the uh Nebraska game. Uh didn't get to see everything so maybe I missed it there. But then um it's escaping me right now. Rutgers, yeah. Uh, then Illinois played Rutgers, and I, I didn't get to see anything except for a few highlights from that, so I didn't really get to watch the film. Um, so that was something new to me. I did not uh, was not prepared, and it did not come up in the preview episode that Illinois and Lovey Smith would choose to use Vaughn in the Wildcat um, for part of the game. Which I mean, it's almost like they took a play. Uh, plays right out of Michigan's playbook because it looked a lot like what you would see, uh, Michigan do with Jabril Peppers, uh, which he was sprinkled in the offense a little bit, but not too much there. Um, but yeah, it the surprising thing though to look at that is that he did not attempt a single pass. Um, and he was in there for quite a bit, and I was a little surprised when they, uh, stopped going that route. I mean, I know Michigan was kind of doing a decent job shutting it down, but there were a few times, I mean, um, you saw how he uh broke out for that one run. So uh anyways, like I said, I I did not anticipate that happening. Uh that was something new and kind of interesting to see uh for Lovey Smith and the fighting the line I had to throw in there. But then um Jeff George Jr was the official quarterback. He was the starting quarterback. Um he went uh like I said, he only completed four passes, uh 4 for 15 and uh he got, uh, he got banged up quite a few times uh, with the defensive line breaking through and uh, rushing and hurting him and, uh, in the game. And then uh, Michigan on Michigan's side, we put two quarterbacks in. Uh, Spate, three quarters, and O'Corn, I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was the full fourth. But uh, Spate went 16 for 23 with the long pass. Uh, it, it was a short pass. Uh, that one for 33 yards. But then he had the um, he had a few decent long ones. There was uh, Jake Butt cutting across the field. I remember both of those because uh, they were great. I believe one, actually, both of them may have been third down throws. But uh, it was when Michigan was moving left to right down the field, and uh, Jake Butt was doing crossing route from the uh, bottom of the field to the top uh, both times and uh, just great receptions there. Uh, a really great pass to uh, Mar Darbo which was actually in triple coverage Uh, and uh, I noticed this going back and watching it is that uh, Spate had an open receiver to dump to which would have been a first down I'm pretty sure or at least given the receiver opportunity to get the first down because the defender was playing off of him uh but he went down and got darbo, and i mean he just like put down dime right where it needed to be a darbo great catch uh down there i believe it was uh into the inside the twenty then and so spate doing a really good job just kind of slowly getting better and better um and uh his per, uh, completion percentage was then uh sixty nine percent uh he put up two hundred and fifty three yards so um and then O'Corn went uh 4 for 5. So decent accuracy there for O'Corn. Uh, I know it was only 5 passes. But uh I'll go back to it. I've I've been feeling good with uh Spate. I know that he's nothing flashy. He's nothing you're seeing out there like some of those Heisman candidates and everything. But um as a lot of people have been saying and uh I say it as well, uh consistency. He is consistent and he is dependable and even when he is being um when he is staring down a defender or well not staring down but when he sees the defender coming down his throat he still is poised and gets the ball off and uh a lot of the times he's throwing it where there's not the risk of interception there were a few uh quite a few instances in the first half of the season where yeah there were <clears throat> questionable questionable passes but he did uh, really well this game there were some there were definitely some throws that were off He wasn't perfect um there were some that were i think maybe it was just one that was behind the receiver there were some that were uh out of their their reach but he was doing it and playing it relatively safe you know i mean where our receivers are going to have the opportunity and the defender is not going to be able to make a play on it it was uh he's just been doing well uh with playing like that. And it's great to see him be able to come off the bye and still be able to keep uh, his head in the game. Last year we saw how the team came out of the bye. Uh, obviously that was a road game. This was a home game. Uh, so it's just good to see the second half of the season start off on the right foot and really need to see that uh, as we move forward as we see with the uh, next game coming up. Um, something with uh, Some things here with the uh, turnovers there uh actually Michigan had 3 fumbles uh only lost one of them really close too um almost didn't lose it but Michigan had 3 fumbles so got to work on uh holding on to the ball and then Illinois had two fumbles and excuse me only one was lost uh but then interceptions this favored Michigan because uh there was the Great interception by uh, DeMonte Thomas. uh, Doing a great job reading the screenplay. And just uh, getting in there and jumping on that and making the interception. um, And doing a great job with that. And then uh, I I was sitting there at the game and seriously thinking of this at the time. Like right before this started happening. I didn't even say anything. So it's not like it, it wound up being a jinx or anything but i was sitting there and i was just like wow michigan's playing a really good game you know they're playing uh sound defense they're being tenacious they're getting after it and they're playing smart you know no penalties and right after that penalty 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 i mean it was it was crazy i'm uh, they um they just uh, started getting penalized for, it seemed like, every little thing. Uh, I think several of them were uh, holding. But it, the penalties broke down. Both teams uh, finished the game with five penalties, 41 yards for Michigan, 45 yards for Illinois. Uh, that's something that you just kind of want to see cleaned up a bit. You know, I mean, obviously didn't make a difference in this game uh, with how well Michigan was handling Illinois. But, you know, those those things can definitely cause problems. And uh, some of it um, in, inflicted upon ourselves. Uh, some other times, you know, it's just calls will be calls. But, you know, you definitely always want to be uh, playing at your A game, and so that's uh, one area that Michigan can be looking to improve because it seems like that that does come up a bit um, uh, here or there through the different games. Uh, defense side of the ball, I mentioned uh, Demonte Thomas with his uh, interception. And he had one solo tackle, two assist tackles. Uh, also had the um, that play of uh, breaking up the fourth down that Illinois went for. Uh, that pass play and uh, crossing the middle of the field and was able to get his hand in there and break up that path. Looked like it was going to be uh, a completed because the uh, player, I think it was Foster maybe, for Illinois, got the uh, edge on somebody in our secondary and was, uh, open there for actually the pass, but they were able to break it up, which was a fantastic job on his part. Uh, so good job with, uh, Demonte Thomas there. Ben Gideon, um, doing a great job as always. Uh, three solo tackles, two assisted, uh, had a tackle for loss, uh, defense being stout, defense doing well. Um, I mean, holding them under 200 total yards and holding them under uh, 10 first downs, you know. And then uh, here, here's something else for you uh, to look at. Time of possession. Michigan, over 41 minutes. And Illinois, just over 18 minutes. Uh, just Michigan totally controlling and dominating that game from the time of possession. And, and that can be big. I mean, there are going to be those games where you're not, where you're not going to be able to do that, uh, where it's going to be more of a 50, 50. And, but I think with the way our defense has been, that time of possession is going to be something that's going to work more in our favor. Um, which is fantastic. I mean, that just helps our defense out even more because the more they can be off the field, the more they, uh rest they can be and the more, uh, prep they can be for uh, getting on the field and being able to, um, inflict their will upon the opponent's offense. So, um, just in general with the game, um, good performance, exciting atmosphere, being homecoming. I've been to homecoming, uh, some homecoming games before, and, uh, those are fun to be at. You see different, uh, Celebrities usually there. You see a good crowd, good excitement, enthusiasm from everybody. Um, so that was uh, that was fun to be at for there, and uh, it was uh, good to see some field goals in the game. Kind of want to mention that. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Kenny Allen doing it, but I mean, if he can do it, go for it. I I personally was. Uh, a person under the impression maybe it's better for him to focus on the uh, punting game. Cause he's done so well with that, but he went two for two. Um, one was 23 yards. The other was 27. That's good. But, uh, you know, distance is going to be necessary sometimes. And, uh, it, there's going to be the pressure in big games and it, Wasn't uh, an absolute in this game, but there are going to be bigger games, there are going to be rogue games, and there are going to be longer distances. So I'm just uh, hoping that they do a good job getting prepared and so that when we need that, we'll be able to depend on it. Um, Because we have expressed for several weeks that that is a concern from when uh, Michigan left so many points on the field against uh, Wisconsin when they played them, because it should have been... Uh, it was three field goals that were missed. Two by Allen and one by... Totally blanking on the name. So I apologize. But, yeah, um, that is something that... Our, the kicking game needs to be on its A game for some of the games coming up. So we'll be watching that moving forward as we have a big game uh, coming up here this week. So... Um, yeah, I talked about uh, talked about Spate uh, connecting well with Darbo really kind of seemed to be that uh, maybe uh, Jake Rudock and Chesson really connected last year, and that was uh, the duo, and they had a uh, great chemistry there. And maybe this year it's uh, Spate and Darbo, or maybe just Darbo has uh, really been able to step forward and just be that. Uh, sole number one receiver uh, that was talked about, um, before the season even started, uh, or maybe it is a chemistry thing, but, uh, but great to see them doing well. And, uh, the receiving, the receivers and the quarterback, uh, having good performances this game, um, McDoom being explosive, uh, he didn't doing a great job with rushing. Um, we were able to see the, uh, I don't know if you would even say infamous, uh, formation again this week of the, uh, train formation. And, um, that was set up right before, uh, and it turned into Jake Butt touchdown. I think it was, yeah, it was the first touchdown of the game. Uh, Jake Butt with a, um, slant across the middle of the field and, uh, getting into the, um, end zone for a touchdown there. But, uh, Yeah, it was – I feel like there's uh, a lot of good things from this game. Uh, I know the score wasn't maybe quite as flashy. It was a home game. And uh, maybe some people were thinking a little bit more of a blowout because Illinois hasn't exactly had the most impressive season. But uh, really, overall, a good performance. I also want to mention – uh well i i already did mention the running game with the uh blocking by the offensive line creating holes and uh it, an interesting thing i saw more this game than other times is the uh seemed like the draw was uh working out pretty well for Michigan able to get some uh, big runs off of that um with uh I believe it was Isaac and Smith who were using some of the draw plays uh but that was Uh, That worked out well with them this game. And actually, uh, the result then from this game and because of other things that happened this weekend that's probably uh, helped the Michigan fans uh, have a good night's sleep on Saturday night, Um, due to OSU losing on the road at Penn State, unranked Penn State, uh Michigan has now moved up to the number two slot in the AP poll. And so the Michigan Wolverines, after what seems like forever, are back atop the uh not not the not the top top, but back uh near the top of the rankings for football and just uh I mean Alabama's been the beast to beat, but Michigan is there right behind them and uh you know really to be honest there's always those things with polls where you know some people get more love than others and everything but really when you've been looking at the way the Michigans playing I mean especially with some of the times how Michigan is able to um be so dominant in the first half of games I mean well part of that reason too is all the starters are in for the first half of the game. And so you see more dominance in the first half. And then in the second half, they started mixing second string in and things like that. But uh, Michigan's able to score, and Michigan's able to get up there and get a lead. Um, It was nice, and I'll mention this again. I I honestly think it was a good thing for Michigan to go through the uh, deficit to Colorado um, because they, they needed that experience. Because honestly, if they hadn't gone through that by now, it would worry me that they have not had to deal with something like that. Um but they've been through that. And last year they were through uh they went through some uh freak plays that wound up costing them games. They've had they had close matchups um and they had a tight contest with Wisconsin. So they've been in that. They li- they've been in low scoring affairs. They've been behind. They've been through a lot of different circumstances that have built this team so far. And uh, I think it has all been good for them. So we will uh, see how they move forward. Uh, as everyone should know, it's Michigan State week. So it's going to be interesting uh, for all of us. It's been a uh, rough, man, a decade for the Michigan fans um, with that uh, rivalry between the Wolverines and the Spartans. And uh, it's been a rough year for the Spartans with uh, the consecutive losses that they've had. This uh, last one coming off of Maryland. So uh, it's a lot of things. I believe Michigan currently is a 21-point favorite um, with the uh, odds in Vegas. So it's... It's time to get pumped, and uh, I mean, I, I've got some different things to say about it. I don't really want to get in a whole uh, into a whole lot. Um, everybody's going to have their own different perspectives, and we're going to be doing a preview episode as, as always. Um, if Craig is not available and ready to be able to do that, I think I might be able to get Rashawn in um, so that we can do a uh, the preview episode for the um, Paul Bunyan Trophy game. And uh, more talk about that. But, yeah, um, we'll I'll go ahead and get into uh, also covering some of the uh, scores from the game. I realize that I've already been talking about it a little bit here with the outcomes, but to talk about the actual scores um, for the Big Ten. So let me pull that up here because I don't know why I have NFL scores up on my phone because – I can't remember the last time I actually watched an NFL game. But uh, so Wisconsin was on the road. Number uh, was ranked 10, Wisconsin, 17-9 uh, to 9 victory over Iowa. And then um, Purdue was at number eight, Nebraska. And the final score was 27-14, Nebraska winning that contest of course, uh, number three, Michigan hosting Illinois, 41-8. And uh, night game, Penn State hosting number two, Ohio State. Final score, 24-21 to with, if you didn't see it, crazy Penn State blocking a field goal and returning it for a touchdown. And... Uh, and then being able to take the lead on OSU, and also just uh, they. And then uh, when OSU was trying to make the comeback, they were just sacking uh, JT Barrett over and over again. It seemed uh, other scores then as well. Uh, Rutgers at Minnesota, close contest. Minnesota winning thirty-four to thirty-two. Uh, Northwestern hosting Indiana. Um, taking them down 24-14, so uh, Pat Fitzgerald getting the win there. And like I mentioned, uh, Michigan State falling at Maryland, the final score being 28-17. So uh, Michigan getting the um, straight-up lead in the East Division for the Big Ten as they... uh, as OSU loses one there. Uh, and Penn State kind of just hanging around right there. I mean, really shocking that they they beat OSU. I, I was mocking it with some of the people saying, uh, talking about uh, it being a difficult game and them having to watch it. I don't know how I have I have no idea. I mean, we're talking about the team that uh, Michigan beat. Uh, it was 40, 49, 41 to 10, or whatever the final score was. uh, I was just looking at that the other day. It's, it's crazy. So, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, 49 to 10. And then, uh, OSU comes in and, uh, loses. You get granted. Okay. Yeah. It's a road game, but they wound up losing it 24 to 21. So I, I guess you can anticipate seeing Franklin and, uh, Penn state for a little while longer, because that's definitely a signature win to put on his resume. And so I, I can't really see them. I, I honestly thought he was going to be gone after the season, but now after that, I don't maybe if they lose every single game after, I, I don't know, but so, uh, the new AP poll, a lot of, uh, big 10 teams there, uh, near the top. I mean, it goes one, Alabama two Michigan, three, Clemson four Washington, five, Louisville, uh, OSU, after losing to what was an unranked team, only dropped down to six. And Okay, whatever that is. Uh, Nebraska then right behind them at seven. Baylor at eight. Texas A&M um, at nine. West Virginia at ten. And then outside of that, the other big ten teams, uh, including the top 25, Wisconsin's just hanging on the outside there at uh, 11. And then uh, – Penn State rounding things out at 24 with the uh 5 and 2 record overall. So um a lot of things really kind of looking good for the Big 10. Kind of impressed with uh some of the teams that have been doing well. And so the undefeateds for the conference are Michigan and Nebraska. Uh but Nebraska definitely having a uh tough schedule coming up, so um Making sure that I cover everything. I, I, I want to mention, uh, well, I'll mention that in the outro. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Usually uh, when Craig babbles on for a little bit, I get a little bit of time to kind of gather my thoughts and get things in, uh, in order. So uh, I normally do uh, discuss the best win, uh, worst loss. Best win, definitely, without a doubt would be Penn State being able to take down Ohio State. Really shocking. I don't know of anyone who really could have said that they saw that coming. I mean, I know that there will be those uh, Penn State loyal fans who will be saying, oh, we're going to win it. I don't know how much they believed it, but uh, it came true. So uh, if we had to look for a worst loss... I mean, you could say some of it could go to OSU for being the number two team in the country, losing to an unranked team. That's that's really kind of where I'm, I'm leaning towards a little bit. I mean, you're looking at Iowa just kind of falling so far in the West with how they've been performing then. Um, but then again, I mean, Michigan State being on a losing streak, I mean, I guess you could take your pick from those because those – Those all have their own kind of attributes to them on how those could qualify as worst loss and everything. Um, And I I also noticed here that I skipped the uh, stat of the game, but I guess I'll kind of go here before uh, transitioning out into some closing thoughts and everything. Um, the, The thing that really just impressed me was that Michigan had 11 different receivers involved in the game. And then, with Michigan's dominating performance on defense, only two receivers for Illinois were able to get receptions. Only two. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm going through there looking at stats, and then you see those two lists right next to each other. And then you've got two names, 11 names. Huge difference. And so, great job there uh, by the offense performing well, and also as defense performing well on their side of the ball as well. So, yeah. Uh, there are the uh, general thoughts with the game. I will transition here into uh, closing thoughts and everything. And so um, don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss some of the things coming up. Man, you know, I honestly think that Craig did this to me and screwed with me on purpose. Because, like I said, this is a crazy time for me with work and everything. And Craig goes and decides to have his surgery during this time and leaves me to do things solo. And so I'm under the gun. And, man, I realize, you know, didn't use some sound bites that I could have used. Could have been really great. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, could have had a fun time. Look, look at this stuff. All these things, all these opportunities I'm missing because I can't gather my thoughts and pause for a few minutes to be able to use this equipment to the fullest ability, but um one thing uh I mentioned the Facebook group definitely want will mention that again great things happening with the Facebook group, like I said, last time I had the game uh was able to connect with uh some of the listeners, some of the fellow Michigan fans and everything. Great opportunities I'm really hoping um for myself, the Maryland game is looking like I might not be able to make it. Uh, most likely won't be able to make it. But the Indiana game, um, uh, being the last home game, I mean, we had the uh, fan fan talk episode from the Hawaii game. It'd be great to be able to round things out for them in the season with doing the same thing because we haven't been able to. One game, it was uh, raining and we weren't able to do it. Another game, we had to park at a different area, so we were away from everybody because we uh, have to have a power source, so we uh, do it out of the back of the the vehicle. Um And so really pulling there for the Indiana game that we might be able to get a setup going there and uh, do another one of those fan talk episodes. I just got, uh, I feel like, a lot of great reception from that, uh, great uh, notice from people going by with the show and everything, checking it out. So uh, shout-out to all the new listeners. with the uh, networking i was able to do and meeting and talking with different people this week i feel that there might be a few new people listening in if you are welcome to uh being a listener i appreciate you guys checking it out hope you are enjoying it but one thing that i definitely want to mention definitely want to mention this because we had uh, great participation before the bye week but then the bye week happened and chaos ensued um predictions call in to our voicemail and you can leave predictions uh, we've had some uh, great participation with that at different times, but uh, really going to be encouraging again. Call before Tuesday night at 10. Um, we might be changing from recording on to our preview episodes from Tuesday night to maybe Wednesday night, so maybe we can extend that. But as of right now, call before 10 p.m. Tuesday nights, and we will go ahead and work on including your predictions into the episode. Um, and more so towards the end of the episode, uh, we've seen some, uh, positive response from that. Like I said, we even had a uh, personator, uh, Randy Savage on there. If you guys, uh, didn't uh, miss that, you should go back and listen to that. that was a pretty good job. Um, but the number you call for that five, five, one, two, five, eight, three, two, seven, six. Uh, so that number is five, five, one blue bro. Give that call. Leave a message with the prediction. Just tell us who, we are, who you are, where you're from, and what do you think the score prediction will be. Big time this week. I want to hear – I I want to hear – I'm going to put this out there. I want to hear uh, some great predictions this week. because. Uh, and I know we get it a lot on social media and everything, but I want to see in the voicemails because this is rivalry week. This is Michigan State. This is Spartans. This is what we have been dealing with for nearly the past decade. I know that everyone has had uh, this week in anticipation for this year, especially after what transpired last year. But where we are sitting now, you know, we're excited. So I want to get some voicemails. So that include uh, the real talk from the real fans on Michigan football. So call that voicemail um, number and leave a message with your score predictions. So, um, yeah, with that, I will uh, kind of look at signing out here. Like I said, hopefully Craig will be back. But uh, with the preview episode, uh going to be trying to connect with him or Sean. Uh, Blue, uh, Blue Brothers Sportscast has been a, a little bit different here for these past two episodes because we're missing uh, half the hosting group. But uh, great time. Great game. Michigan uh, still doing well. And, uh, yeah, it's it's that time of year. It's Paul Bunyan Trophy. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I do hope that you have a great week this week. And um, we will be getting ready for the preview. And, as always, we'll finish things off with Go Blue!